Hey, it's Tardy the Pirate. Uh, Daniel. Dog Pops has a horse. There's a word. With stuff. We missed the first time around. This time we're talking about Godzilla. 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 I promise we're not going to do that stereotypical white guys talking about Godzilla thing where we just oh, do the fake oh, no. bad Japanese racist accent. No, because this is... But we, that's we what watched, it's called! It's we, Gorgira! We, we watched the subtitled version, so we didn't get bad dubs. Yeah! So we I can't watch, really impersonate the people. Um, spoilers. I watched the Criterion version. I, How is that a spoiler? Uh, well, I gave, but I gave you a version that was su- subtitled, but I'm not quite sure it was the same subtitle, so I don't mm. know if maybe... I don't know if you... I'm assuming we pretty much saw it. More or less the same thing. Probably. I'm not good. I don't know if there's different subtitled versions. <laughs> but... Yeah, we're talking about the 1954 original black and white, not even just like the original version, American version. We're mm-hmm. watching, we're talking about the subtitled Japanese cut of yeah. the original Godzilla movie, yeah. which is technically titled Gojira. Gojira. I felt well, that's this the whole Gojira thing is such an easy thing to get nerdy, pretentious about. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't call it Godzilla. I call it. Gojira. And I don't even just call it Gojira. I have to pronounce it like I'm a weeaboo. Gojira. <laughs> like, because I've heard met people like that in real life, but yeah. uh, it's just uh, how you doing? How you doing? I like Godzilla. Well, how you what's your what's your history with Godzilla? This is your choice. This is your episode. Zero history with Godzilla. The closest yeah. is like having MST3K episodes on in the background. Which actually that's that's really all you But really I didn't need, I didn't really ever pay attention to those because they were always quality wise. Not not the episode quality, but the yeah. quality of the recording I watched of it. Oh, really? It was always lower because it was like the like early days. A of, or it was like yeah, the early days of YouTube, and it was always like two hundred and forty p. I forgot that you were watching it on actual TV like I was back in the day. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Again, I don't want to be that nerd guy. I was like, oh, that's right, because you you were watching the real version of Mystery Science Center like I was in nineteen ninety one. Um, but it did. Yeah, Godzilla did give birth to. Jet Jaguar, yeah. which that alone is just, just and the Jet Jaguar song is just justification alone for the Godzilla's entire existence. Which is justification, which is justification for the, uh, the harm, the ending of, uh, uh, what's the name of that, that monster kaiju movie, the comedy, the dark comedy that with the best ending ever. Colossal? Uh, no, uh, Little Big Man Japan. It's oh, got no, one I've of the seen... best. I've shown you the ending. It's got one of the best endings of any movie ever. Just look for I... Big Man Japan. That's ending. the guy who who's the superhero who's just a normal guy who turns into a kaiju, like yeah. just a kaiju sized yeah. version yes. of himself, right? Yeah. Oh god! But I the can... ending turns cause... into like because it's CG up until like the yeah. bo- monsters. But the ending is like I people can't... in suits. Like a super team of kaiju fighters show up, yeah. and it just turns into people in bad suits. This is like oh, one of the first so things hilarious. you showed me whenever we first, like, one of the first times we ever hung out. So it's been that long yeah. ago that, like, I dimly oh, remember so that. Good. But like, oh yeah, look it up. It's good. It's good. That's kind of the terrible thing too, because if you've grown up on all the fun stuff that spun out from like Godzilla stuff, mm-hmm. going back to the source and especially the first film. Which the first film is not fun at all. No. It's, yeah, it'll be kind of an experience. Which kind of makes me glad we're doing this, because I'm kind of curious to see what you thought about this movie. Because mm. especially for 1954 Japan, yeah. Japan's always, like, lacked behind the United States in terms of, like, even their schlocky science fiction movies weren't quite as good as our schlocky science fiction movies from a technical perspective. Mm-hmm. And so this movie looks extra rough, yeah. even for its time. I think, and... I, but the the film grain really helps cover up. Some yeah, of that a little roughness. bit. And you were watching like... a pretty low res version of it too. Mm-hmm. I was watching like the restored Blu Ray version, which yeah. kind of really highlights all the flaws and, and stuff mm-hmm. in this movie. But 
So what do you think about Godzilla? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. That first half an hour is just is a mess. That's one of the secret terrible things about Godzilla movies. Everyone loves Godzilla. Everyone lo- loves to talk about Godzilla, but everyone forgets that every Godzilla movie, like three quarters, just people in in office rooms talking about Godzilla it's or talking just, about like their relationships to each other. Paced really strangely. It it was. I thought about yeah. the original cut of Star Star Wars I've heard about, where it keeps jumping <laughs> back and forth between like Luke and what's going on in space and it's got no consistency that's what this was yeah it just very it was jumping shot, around yeah. and i was like i don't know if these are the same people i saw in that scene i don't know if these people well, are from earlier in the movie i don't know if these people that just died i care about yeah i mean which is funny for a movie that really only has like three or four actual main characters in the movie it shouldn't be that difficult yeah. but i only know that because i've seen this movie like half a dozen times so at least now and, and also just reading about this movie it's more familiar with the structure and what the characters are doing but even then this movie has like completely Run redundant like secondary male. There's two male lead. Well, technically three male leads in this movie. Yeah, and you can get rid of at least one of them. He's only there to be a pretty boy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, from like a dramatic perspective, the melodrama in this movie. Is well, also I thought that I put thought together. the pretty boy died because. At the beginning. Well, it depends on who you think is the prettier boy. <laughs> That's because technically... Not eye patch guy. There's eye patch guy. Not eye patch guy. Oh, yeah? I thought he died. You thought he was, like, the radio operator? Well, that's the confusing well, thing, because we'll he's also, it, like, a but... sea cap or sea salvage yeah. guy. But he never see him on the water. He's just like, oh, if well, I'm on thought... a boat. It so... is confusing. Yeah, so Godzilla well, 1954 well, I'll, I'll starts why, off. Yeah. Yeah. It starts off with lots of roaring during the opening credits. <laughs> great. And I wonder... I was wondering how that would have played back in the day when you don't... Godzilla's roar isn't a yeah. thing you know. If you're sitting in the audience and you hear, and it's just like, weird and alien. Yeah. yeah. The, what is his roar? What is his roar? Yeah. Is Godzilla's roar? Oh, you what? Like how did they make yeah. it? Uh, supposedly they. Uh, uh, I think they said it was the guy who wrote the music. Actually, took like a rubber glove, coated it in like pine resin, and rubbed it against like a bass string mm. from like a bass, not bass guitar, but like you know the up, upright yeah. bass, yeah. and just like squeezed it, scrunked it, so it went. Mm. Which to me, it's always sounded like an opening garbage dumpster lid or something like that, because it's got that screechy metallic sound to it. It's a that's a great sound. Yeah, and there's a reason why that like sound is one of the most iconic movie sounds in history. But yeah, you just hear that over there, and the credits are all Japanese, so you're just kind of there for five minutes going. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I get it. as much as I think this movie, I could totally appreciate if you're watching this for the first time as a white guy in twenty or a white per. Or any, as a human being yeah. watching this for the first time in, in the 21st century, it's a little bit like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then after all the credits go by, it's people chilling on a military boat in the middle of the ocean. When Kablamzos! There's a bright light and blinds them all. They're, ah, and then not, they drop their guitars they were playing, and it yeah. ruins their game of Go that they were in the middle of. Well, the that thing- shit's complicated. That's like knocking over a white person's game of Risk in the middle of the game. You just don't do it's it, It's also Godzilla. confusing, too, because they keep on cutting to this footage of this toy boat and this unrelated mm-hmm. people on a real boat, and I'm like, why is... Are these other... Are, th- are these people on the real boat just watching the toy boat get fall, fall apart yeah. next to them? No, it turns out it's the same boat. Boat. No, it's the guy uh, uh, down below deck who's in the tub playing yeah, with his little battleship. That's what it looks like. Yeah. No, for for again, American special effects. I think the models would have still looked modelly, but I don't yeah. think it would look so brazenly just toy boat, toy boat. And there's there's a part because glass breaks and like water rushes in yeah. when they're sending out an SOS, and I liked it because the water 
crashes through the window in front of them and rushes in yeah. and the guy dives forward into it like he's getting knocked forward yeah they don't create a lot of close <laughs> that's not how physics exactly. works sir. there's like yeah like aside from just like well there's only so much you can do in 1954 there's choices they could have made to kind of like conceal some of the yeah some of the rougher edges around the special effects that they yeah. did not do but yeah uh so a sea salvage get called and there's a guy a girl and he has to cancel his date to go fish that vessel out of water. And military guys are trying to figure out what happens in another scene. They got no idea. <laughs> well, but the new boat is going to get out there and soon and figure it out. And then the water glows white. And oopsie doodles. That boat goes down too. So that's why I thought that salvage guy died. Because uh-huh. I thought that was his boat that went out there. To, yeah. to try to salvage the well, first military there is one boat. S- I think the second boat is the radio operator from the second boat that does survive. And he makes it to an island later. Yeah. And even what again me watching this for even watching watching what the commentary like twice in two days I was like wait what's going on yeah and that's for, that's for someone who knows this movie and is still so, paying attention I'm so still, I thought yeah. those two characters that are two one of two of our main characters mm-hmm. that show up at this part of the movie I didn't pay attention to them because. I thought they he died. Exactly, I was like, yeah. they sure gave us some backstory. You on only that watched guy. it the one time, right? You didn't like yeah, go no, back and rewind no, anything. No, okay, yeah. No. I was like, okay, I guess that guy's dead. No, he's going to no, come back. No, he's... Yeah. Well, especially because like, the, ja- the guys in this movie, there's just a lot of Japanese guys in white tank tops. Yeah. On boats. Yeah. And it'd be a little confused. Unless you're really hardcore. Unless you're... Not to, not to be all, like, white guy racist, all Japanese people look the same, but, like, yeah, at first blush, you don't know what the hell's going on. You just don't know what's going on. It's just, like, lack of context more than, like, oh, my God, everyone looks alike around yeah. like that. But, yeah. So then families are demanding to know what's going on. Yeah, you've got, like, all the widowers. Yeah. They don't know that they're widows yeah. yet, but, like, yeah, all demanding to know what's happening. They're like, oh, we need to know. But before they do that, they're like, excuse me, we need to know what's going on. And they're very polite about demanding information. Yeah. They managed to pull three guys out of the water, and they say that it was the ocean itself blew up. And then we're well, they, right, we go right back to the offices. It's just like it's just like the the harbor police are just getting all this information radioed into them, right? That like, no, there's two guys on like a law a piece of driftwood. Oh or yeah, they do kind of wash up. The ocean. Yeah, they don't thing. wash up. They get pick them up, up from a boat. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay. And then those guys say the ocean came out. Well, there's kind of a daisy them. chain of like this boat gets, gets attacked, and then the survivors from that boat show up on this other boat. And, yeah, like, just, just shit's then, going on. And then yeah. we go right back to the office. And this, I we got I got whiplash from how <laughs> how much this movie was whipping me around. Uh, and then the families are still demanding to know what happened. Newspaper newspapers speculate. Does the people sit on the beach just looking in the ocean? Just okay. Yeah. I guess we'll just wait in case this bodies wash up. <laughs> And an old dude and a young dude who are just, this is our only reason for the movie, are notice a raft and yell a bunch. Yeah. It's Misagi. Is that, is, it's, it's, it's like the village, of, so like they keep on cycling back to this place called Odo Island, which I guess is the island closest to where all this shit's been happening. Mm-hmm. And is that where they specifically introduced, like there's the village elder guy and there's the younger guy. Yeah. Yeah, the younger kid essentially. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah they're the ones who first noticed that there's a raft coming in. Mm-hmm. It's Misagi. Everyone's very excited. It's Misagi. Who's Misagi? Misagi. They slap him and scream in his ear. That's the (laughs) the best way to treat a survivor. I so I guess they already know Misagi. I guess. Which I guess maybe if they're the the ship was he from from the military boat? Was he from the fishing boat that got destroyed? Presumably he would be from the fishing boat. So that's why they would already know him enough to be like, oh Misagi, what's up? Did we see a fishing boat get destroyed? No, but that's what I'm saying. It's a little confusing because multiple ships get attacked. What isn't what even one of the one of the newspaper headlines like seventeen ships have now been lost. Mm, So. 
I can't remember if that's here now, but, like, it is a suggestion, even aside from the two ships that we do see get fucked up, like, there's, like, been a whole bunch of ships. Who knows where the fuck this, this guy's from? But there's a survivor from all these attacks on the ocean. Yeah, and he yeah. said, he did it! The monster did it! And he goes right back to fainting or dying. It's or so, unclear. Yeah, yeah, you never see him again, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Later or elsewhere? It's unclear. <laughs> Fishing boats are coming back. What are you back. talking about? The narrative <laughs> of this movie's ironclad. But they got, they got, they didn't catch no fish whatsoever. And then... And then the Asian Burgess Meredith says Godzilla's fault. He's got a voice like a like a sandpaper. And the guy's got like three teeth and mm-hmm. yeah, it really yeah. He he he's definitely kinda like the voice he's almost like the voice of Godzilla in the movie, in fact in terms of he seems to be the only person in the movie who kinda like knows who Godzilla is, what he's doing, why he's here. Because mm-hmm. all like Godzilla is this god of the ocean and he's gonna fuck us up and we used to pray to him and stuff yeah. like that. That doesn't happen now, but like yeah, he's the only real insight the audience gets into in, in regards to what Godzilla yeah. is. He's like, oh, the old days, Godzilla, and the young girl's like, ah, you and your old days. He's like, what do you know about the Wait, old days? Wait, is this already the scene where, like, it's later that night and everyone's, like, holding off a sound? Like, they're no. doing a dance to ward off Godzilla? No. Oh, okay. He's just that like, is very soon, though. If you think like that, you'll all become prayerful Godzilla, and then a helicopter shows up, lands on the beach with reporters. Yeah. Who tell them there must be a monster in the sea, and that's so why they can't catch Odo any Island. fish. Oh, okay, yep. yeah. And then that scene ends. <laughs> And now it's nighttime, and people are performing the exorcism ritual. I forget how offhand you are. When we recorded person, how you're just like, eh, and then blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. The reporter's sitting next to an old man who tells him Godzilla comes out of the sea and eats people when there's no more fish left. In the old days, they used to sacrifice a girl to Godzilla. That's exactly it. And he would get uppity, but now the exorcism ceremony is all the remains of the old tradition. Yeah, and he's talking about this while there's, like, this ancient ceremonial dance going on with mm-hmm. the, the people in, like, oni masks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, kind of bummed there isn't one dancer who represents, like, Godzilla with, like, a Godzilla <laughs> mask on being like, I'll go get you, I'll go mm. get you. But, yeah, what do you get? And then a big old storm rolls in at night and blows this adorable, adorable miniatures around. Yeah. Houses get all shook and people screaming other people's names. And yeah, because it's like an ancient Japanese village gets fucked yeah. up here and like little toy toy village uh, buildings yeah. get knocked over. And, and then a toy hol- helicopter gets knocked over and then that scene ends. <laughs> well, that is what you do. There, you do see like inside one of the one of the, the buildings. Yeah. I think it's one of the survivor from that raft is in there. Mm. I think. Watching this again, I think one, because there's like three people inside of one of the houses, yeah. and it's actually one of the cooler special effects in the movie, and it's not even like a visual effect, it's just like a full set yeah. that is built to kind of shimmy and shake mm-hmm. to show that like Godzilla's stomping through and he's like he's like knocking this building over, and you've got the live people in there. It actually looks really good. This must have been one of the most expensive sets for them to build, because it's like a set that's built to like lean over like, like a romp, it's like 45 degrees, and yeah. like shit's falling down, stuff like that. That is kind of fucked up scary. They do... Again, this movie doesn't play that well now. Like you know, we're it's sixty years on. We all know what Godzilla is and what he looks like and stuff like this. But yeah, if you're watching this in 1954, you don't know what Godzilla is supposed to look like or anything like that, and you just hear like the foot stomping and like things are getting knocked over. That is kind of fucked up, scary. Yeah, yeah. But of course now it's just kind of comical, and you're like, oh look, he knocked the Boston Wood Building down. You're funny because you're scared. Don't people sad. Anyway, anyway. And now some sort of official meeting on the matter in the city, I guess. Mm-hmm. So far, there's been 17 houses destroyed, 9 people dead, <laughs> along with 12 cows and 8 dead pigs. They I, were delicious. I do love how the, the escalation of scale of damage, like, at this point, they're just starting off, okay, we, like, they're counting off the number of cows and pigs have died. By the end of this movie, like, 
Tokyo has been obliterated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's the last thing they have to worry about. Yeah. Of course, again, this is, you know, that's one of the best things about, like, an early, an early movie in a Japanese, in, in a uh, Godzilla movie cycle where no one really, it's kind of like how whenever they restart the Batman movies, they spend the first three movies calling Batman the Batman because they're trying to, like, highlight the novelty of how weird it is the guy dresses up like in a bat. Yeah. The Godzilla movies do the same thing at the beginning of every time they restart Godzilla where it's like, we don't know what it is. Three cows and a chicken have disappeared. And you're like, oh, man, you don't even realize that. If you think that's trouble, <laughs> man, you just wait because, yeah. yeah. So that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. People from the town say it was an animal of some kind, and it, the helicopter seems like it was stepped upon. Yeah. And I do love that. It's a little sad because at the end of the sequence of the night before, you see that little helicopter. Look, it's obviously a toy helicopter yeah. getting blown over. But it's, it's like, like hey! oh, even, even, the, even the news report is helicopter cannot be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. So now the opinion of an expert paleontologist. Yay! Yay. I, I love this guy. You don't know. You wouldn't know who he is, but this He's, guy... He looked super familiar. He was one of the biggest Japanese actors of the 20th century. He, This guy is also the main character in The Seven Samurai. Okay, I thought that was him, but I, I didn't see it listed on his IMDb. Oh, really? Or okay. maybe I clicked the wrong professor. Yeah. There's I a couple doctors in this movie. Cool, there's Dr. Serizawa. Yeah, who becomes? I, I who's the young he would hot be doctor? Listed like, as doctor, not professor. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, this guy—he's been in a whole bunch. He, this guy. Um, oh God, I should have wrote, written down the performer's name. But uh, this guy who's playing Doctor uh, Yamana mm-hmm. Yamani, um, he played the lead character in my favorite Kurosawa movie, Ikiru, which is about this. <laughs> I should make you watch that someday because you will beat the shit out of me. Oh, I love Kurosawa. But have you seen Akiru? It's not like a samurai movie. Oh. It's about an office clerk who gets cancer and spends the whole movie being sad about having cancer. Yeah, that doesn't sound like my jam. <laughs> and he dies halfway through it, so the rest of the movie is everyone being super sad about how he died because he had cancer. Yeah, but I it's know. super good. Mm. But yeah, this guy, I love this actor. You, you would be, I mean, he's fine in this movie, but like, I just love, he's got like these kind of like, he's always got the sad, like consternated look and stuff like that. But anyway, he's the big doctor guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paleontologist. He says that his opinion's a bit premature, but we know there's some big ass footprints out there, mm-hmm. and there's also there's shit all over the world we don't know about. So we should probably put forth a fact finding mission for this shit, because who knows what the fuck it could be. I like how this guy is kind of the yin and the yang, because you have got the old guy in the island before who was talking about the legend of Godzilla, mm-hmm. and he, and now you've got like the science version of that where he's like he's trying to figure out what Godzilla is, and those two characters are the only real insights you have into what Godzilla is in this movie, and he's trying to figure out he he suspects it might be a dinosaur, yeah, or something like that, but we'll we'll hear much more from him later, yeah. On. So the yeah. fact-finding mission gets launched on the boat as a guy in an eye patch watches. Is he important? I <laughs> don't know. Has, l- has anyone in this film been important so far? I don't know. At least they gave him an eye patch, so at least you can say, so like, okay, that's the guy with the eye patch. It's not like random number extra 38387 or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. It could have been worse. Mm-hmm. So once the boat captain uh, on the boat, the, the captain mentions to a girl... How he was surprised to see the guy with the eye patch there. Oh, are we talking about the two like romantic leads now? Yeah, but was he? He was wearing a captain's hat. The boat guy. Yeah. Well, he is supposed to be like a salvage dude. Yeah. Why are they taking the salvage boat? Wouldn't it be like a government boat? (sighs) I guess. Why is this salvage guy involved in everything? this guy exists in this movie watching even the commentary the commentary guy who's very smart about Godzilla is like I don't know why this character is here (laughs) but yeah 
Is it just got, went off of the uh, uh, universal trope of needing a secondary guy for the girl to he, get after actually, the main guy dies? the guy on the commentary for the Criterion Blu-ray release of this movie does specifically talk about how this little love triangle between uh, a lady who is the daughter of Seven Samurai, yeah. uh, her name is Imiko, she's in this love triangle with salvage captain guy who has no reason to exist in this movie and dr sarazawa does play into an ancient japanese like theatrical trope mm. kabuki theatrical trope of like the strong-willed female has to choose between the like strong-willed dude who is sarazawa and kind of like the weakling guy who is the sea captain and it's just melodrama put in this movie just to flesh out the runtime. It's yeah, okay. that's the thing with Godzilla movies. The actual Godzilla part is only like twenty minutes at the most, and then you have you, you're sitting through an hour of this stuff. Okay. Yeah. So then, then people walk through the fishing village and look at all the damage, mm-hmm. take measurements, look for information. It is cool that it's an old school Japanese village because you're yeah. so used to Godzilla just st- uh, stomping through downtown Tokyo. It is kind of nice to see like the Karate Kid Part Two get all fucked up. <laughs> but, yeah. Using radiation detectors on shit, and then the whale is no good anymore. They can't use it, mm-hmm. but only on this side of the island. The other side is fine, but don't make. So no something's sense. obviously come ashore. It's not like yeah. yeah, it's not something endemic to the whole island, but it's localized enough that something's happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One older dude is like, hey, this giant hole is a footprint. And uh, I guess that they were really fat. They don't waste no time. They're like, like, hmm, what could have made this? They're just like, it was a monster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. just shit's a monster. Yeah. And the uh, d- Seven Samurai Doctor, he finds a little trilobite in one of the footprints. Mm-hmm. And it really cool. Because yeah. I, I used to, I love trilobites as a kid. I always thought they were super bitching. Mm. Yeah, so I guess uh, Godzilla's been dredging up like ancient, like extinct sea life from the bottom of the seabed when he comes up onto the land to attack stuff. It's an incredible discovery. I know what will happen next. Well, someone starts banging on a bell. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Everybody starts dinner time. <laughs> but for Godzilla, <laughs> everybody starts running towards something. For yeah, s- proclaiming it's coming out of mouth. Oh Hai God, Chiba. this is an inauspicious beginning to one of c- cinema's greatest movie <laughs> monsters. But yeah, right, so they. Um, to the hop of the hill and the professor's all like fuck yeah i saw it i did i did a creature from the jurassic period and then a monster's little puppet head says hi hi everybody i don't want to be hi that everybody hi godzilla i don't want to be that thing where it's so easy to just like make entertainment out of poking fun at shit but this hip puppet is terrible <laughs> I don't know, especially with Godzilla, everyone's so used to, like, the bad well, special I, effects I, of the Godzilla movie being a guy in a suit, not a hand puppet that's going, rah, go get you, go get you. It, it kind of looks like they made a legitimate puppet and then left it cl- too close to the heater, yeah. and they were like, fuck, we well, all have time to make another one, let's just use this. Eyes go off in two different directions, and it just has this weird, silly look on its face. Yeah. And it looks like it's like Cephal and Ollie, but, like, yeah, because especially kind of the... If you're really kind of, like, looking at it, it just kind of looks like a melted hand puppet. Like a yeah. sock puppet with, like, garbage glue to it. <laughs> and, like, I... Yeah. He looks like Cookie Monster if you shaved him. <laughs> or Cookie Monster got in a house fire. Yeah. There's, like, Freddy Krueger scars all over him. But, like, yeah, it's just a hand puppet that kind of, like, sneaks up over the hill and goes, rawr, rawr. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody freaks out and runs away. Oh and all of this running, they are going to get stitches in their sides. I know. And, then, and when they... And... 
Oh. Who could have known that when you ran towards this thing that was probably dangerous, that you would have to run away from this thing that's probably dangerous? Well, I guess I do get a couple photos. The Seven Samurai, Doctor Yamane, he gets, he gets, he snaps off a couple quick photos yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So there is some kind of proof there's a monster out there. The puppet oh, roars. there's a great like map painting as they're running back t- down the hill. Mm-hmm. You get to see. I guess it's proof to show that Godzilla no, he is not, not attacked. Oh, but, wait. Uh, just uh, but the sequence ends oh. with you see like. There's a map painting of you see his footprints and his tail swish yeah, going back yet. into the water. Not yet. Oh, not yet. But like, right? Like, but that's how. Oh, I just want to make note of it. Yeah, okay. Because it goes. I was. We were going to talk about it. We were going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, everybody freaks out, runs away, and then takes some photos. And the puppet roars. People keep running <laughs> and hiding, and then the monster vanishes. So they run back towards where it was, because why wouldn't you? Why not? We ran far away from, far enough away from the danger that now the danger is safe. Let's go look. And don't worry, because there's, like, three dudes with swords there to protect everybody. Are there? Yeah, they're holding samurai swords. Oh, I didn't even notice. Jesus Christ, yeah. yeah. They may have actually stolen They'll their They'll protect setup. everyone from the 50-meter-tall Godzilla. <laughs> oh, you actually... Did you look that up? Because that's... No, they say it in the movie. Oh, did they say it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to give you a thumbs up, because that's actually canonically... That's I just looked at the puppet and was like, that looks like yeah, I got a short bar for that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And then they see the footprints down on the beach, along with the trail of where the that's... monster's dick was dragging... <laughs> On the ground. At least I assume that's what made that mark. I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, Dr. Yamane crossed the top of the hills. I'm like, God, that thing has a giant dick. <laughs> Holy shit, it's gonna fuck us all to death. <laughs> oh. And, and now they're gonna go educate them back in the city at the, the offices. They're gonna educate people on what dinosaurs are by using a slide of one of the fattest T-Rexes <laughs> I've ever gone to seen. I love... I just... Yeah, he thought his arms were sharp before. Get a bunch of blubber behind those arms and see. That's one of the terrible things. Is like until Jurassic Park. Well, not even just Jurassic Park, but for the longest time, everyone just assumed T Rex was just the fat guy, just with the big tail. Yeah, well, watch the 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 dinosaur section of Fantasia, and all the dinosaurs in that look like. (laughs) Yeah, man, growing (laughs) up, I like I I spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh in the Pittsburgh Natural History Museum, Mm. and they had a really great, like, world class dinosaur exhibit. Mm. And but the whole exhibit was backed by this giant, like, life size T Rex painting mural that was like several stories tall on the back wall. Uh, of the exhibit and but it was just like kind of the dumpy just like i'm just a dinosaur i got little <laughs> arms and like it was impressive for its size and it is kind yeah. of scary because it's got big teeth and stuff like that but like compared to the like you know the t-rex as they show it now ever since jurassic park where like the t-rex walks like a bird with its tail yeah. in the air as a balancing thing which is much faster much scary much more menacing but it's i love this old school before like 1985 <laughs> vision of t-rex where it's just like ah, it's oh, like yeah. a, just a fat dumpy like uh, alcoholic dad with little arms that can't hurt you. It's just yeah. like, Rah. oh, I, I I used to get how to draw dinosaurs books from the library mm-hmm. all the time, and th- all those dinosaurs were like, ah, oh, I need to lay off of the I cheesecake factory. Uh, Everyone's just like laying down, what? sleeping. Why after did eating I get an appetizer, an entree, and dessert? Oh, oh my god, yeah. Everyone just looks like a fucking oh, just like yeah, just a little paunchy person. Just don't, but I got big teeth. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's Godzilla. He's grumpy because he's all backed up from all that fish he's been eating. Yeah. Well, is this is so? This is Yamane presenting his his, his, his findings yeah. to the whole Japanese like parliament yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is like this is essentially the character's big big scene in terms of the big info dump. He's talking about like Godzilla. He must have been living at the bottom of the ocean. He must be like a two million year old T Rex that got irradiated by people dropping H bombs mm-hmm. and all this stuff. I do not know the difference between an atom bomb and an H bomb. I guess H-bombs are more fucked up than atom bombs, mm. but I'm assuming they're nuclear because it's all radiation. I should have looked this up before I started recording. Not that no one cares, but, like, yeah, H-bombs are, have essentially created Godzilla. Yeah. So at least he suspects. This yeah. is a scientific. Atomic theory. explosions might have knocked him out of his little dwellings down into the depths of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And, and she, look at this trilobite we found. It should be extinct. You know, because it had, his, it had his old ass sand in it. It's also yeah, that occurred to me how ridiculous the idea because this already presumes that T Rex's natural environment is living at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> I never even thought about how ridiculous that is because yeah, because that that's what he's suggesting that he was just a normal T Rex until he got uh, especially got Spider Man into yeah. being like a super T Rex. But yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, go ahead. Some guy says, "Hey, yo, chairman, that shit's so important. We can't let the public know about it." Which everybody's like, hey. Yay. And then some lady's like, fuck no. No Siri Bob. Mm-hmm. This is so important the public should know about it. And everybody's like, yay. And he yells at her, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he honks. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> fuck you, man. He says if this shit was because of the atomic bomb, nobody should know. And then she calls him an idiot. Yeah. And he demands she apologize. And then the press starts taking photos and are like, we're right here. We... You can't keep it a sequel or the press. And then Dr. Yamane is just super sad that everyone's like, now it's suddenly become this big capability. He's, he's just told everyone, we're going to get attacked by a giant radioactive dinosaur. And then everyone's arguing about the politics of it, and he's super mm-hmm. sad. And then, um, newspaper spins in, and I can't read it because it's Japanese. <laughs> so this is a weird little fact. So I don't know, maybe I should save this until the end of the episode. But oh, it is kind of interesting because ja- uh, Godzilla in part was... Uh, inspired by an actual real-life incident that just happened less than a year before this movie came out. What happened was uh, the United States was dropping testing H-bombs in uh, the South Pacific, essentially right in Japan's backyard. And they did this thing where they dropped this big H-bomb. They had one very specific, huge experimental thing. They wanted to see how well this H-bomb was going to go off, but they didn't tell anybody about it. Mm. Uh, have There happened to be a couple Japanese fishing boats nearby, one of which got super radiated because they had no idea that there was going to be this H-bomb test out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. And I think everyone on that ship, they didn't instantly die. It wasn't like got, it wasn't like the, sh- the, the, the fishing boat at the beginning of this film where everyone just immediately just got like blown away but they did get like a a lethal dose of radiation i think everyone on that ship did eventually die in fact i think one of the first deaths was the radio operator who died like just like a month before this movie came out so this is a big thing that was already in the news there was actually news when godzilla came out was Mm. this whole debate about like how fishing boats got irradiated by the united states and their h-bombs do we blame japan do we blame america and so like i guess this political debate that they're having as to whether or not they should actually mention that the, the H-bomb caused the creation of the Godzilla thing. It's supposed to be, like, reading to the Japanese audience that this is, like, a not very veiled conversation about America blaming, or Japan blaming America mm. uh, for, like, these tests that Japan's very skittish about. Because, you know, Japan also, just less than 10 years before this, had been bombed in a nuclear, nuclear 
oblivion. Yeah. And so, yeah, so Japan was was very kind of wound up about this stuff. But it's, so anyway, but yeah, that's what this political debate is supposed to be kind of mirroring and mm. kind of like nudging Japanese audiences in the room saying like, I get it because Godzilla is a metaphor for, for America and the hostility against us and nuclear warfare. And we're kind of making that kind of literal here on top of also just... Showing how Yamane is the only person in the whole room who actually really has his eye on the ball, who's actually worried about the thing that matters. Well, yeah, it's kind of depressing to see how everyone's more distracted by how this looks rather than the actual situation, which becomes much more of a thing in future Godzilla movies, specifically the most recent Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla, which... Imagine a Godzilla movie that is 95% these scenes where it's just Japanese legislators yelling at each other Ugh, about who wonderful. should we blame about Godzilla, mm. which that, that's a lot of people are kind of like with iffy about Shin Godzilla. But mm. then when Godzilla does show up, it's the most craziest Godzilla shit you've ever seen. So it kind of balances each other, each other out where anyway, how you doing? How you doing? There's a good the lady who says everything's terrible. Atomic Seeds Life and Radioactive Fallout and now Godzilla to top it all off. What if he shows up in Tokyo? What well, what happened now? And that scene ends. <laughs> I don't even remember that scene. They're on, like, a train or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that's an interesting little bit, too, because, like, she's talking to, like, there's someone else on the train, and he's, like, talking about, oh, man, I don't want to have to go through, like, like fire, bomb, evacuation drills and get it. Well, it's just funny, because this is one of the few callbacks to specifically World War II, because they're all talking about how, like, oh, man, we already went through the shit, like, a, a, like, ten years ago about, like, having to do, like, you know, nuclear fallout drills and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want to have to do that again. And that's, yeah, that is the end of that scene, but that's, yeah, anyway. And now they're getting ready to drop some Jeff depth charges on Godzilla. Randomly, yeah. From I the guess... anti-Godzilla fleet. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, wow. Brassy horn music, as footage of depth charges get launched in it's the water. It's for a while, yeah. And this, this made me think that, you see a lot of footage of, like, British troops and, and Nazi troops and American troops. You don't see a lot of footage of, of Japanese troops during World War II. Well, it turns out, like, the a lot of the propaganda films from them, like, a lot of the film footage of Japanese troops was filmed for propaganda service uh, for, yeah. uh, for purposes, but then all that stuff was destroyed after the war, because mm. then the Japan was, like, all, like, capitulating, be like, oh, we're sorry, we didn't mean to start a big, giant world war, we're yeah. gonna destroy all this stuff, which is interesting, because, like, uh, the commentary for this movie, again, talks about how uh, a big chunk of the people who worked on this movie were blacklisted because they were considered war criminals because they had made propaganda for Japan during the war. Mm. And Japan did such a 180 turnaround after the war where they were like, oh yeah, anyone who helped out with the war from the film perspective, from a propaganda perspective, we're going to call them, they're actually prosecuted as war criminals, not just kind of shunned. Mm. And so... Like, it, it, this movie was, for some people, like, their first kind of way back into the film industry where the blacklist was being lifted a little bit, where it was like, they were like, okay, you did propaganda for us, which was technically then a great thing, because you really helped us out. Yeah. But now you're bad, but now we're going to continue to less bad, because you're the only people who know how to do some of these special effects and things we want to do in this Godzilla movie, so mm. it was kind of an interesting thing. But anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Monkey pants. So a TV tells <laughs> us that the depth charges are being used, yeah. and this makes the old professor upset. He doesn't want to kill Godzilla. TV everything makes the old <laughs> professor upset. He wants him to watch. He wants to watch him eat everybody, and then he gets up and goes and sulks he in does. his room. And his daughter's like, "You okay, Dad?" He's like, "Turn off the light. I don't deserve light." It is oh, kind of fucking. Burn. He comes home and he's got like pro Godzilla little flags, little pennants. Mm -hmm. He's like, "Yay, God!" He's got a little Godzilla, "Yay, Godzilla!" thumbs up hat, yeah. little foam like from Spencer's gifts. Yeah. And he's all just so he's like, you, they actually put the Charlie Brown 
sad Christmas music mm, as he's yeah. sulking, just like, Nobody likes Godzilla as much as I do. I just, and the... I just want to chew on want to watch him chew on people. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, it's it, when the daughter comes in to console him, he's sitting in the dark, and he like he's just like scrawling on a big piece of paper, just a big Crayola drawing of him and Godzilla hanging out and giving hugs and stuff uh-huh. like that. He's like, no one's my, oh, he's, my only friend. He's writing his name down, but instead of his last name, he's putting Godzilla. He says, "Well, his name, but Zilla, hearts but like, around like, it." Yamane Zilla hearts. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like they're both stomping Tokyo together. <laughs> oh, that is funny because that's exactly how petulant he's big. Because he's yeah. all like, "Well, this is setting up the, the the trope that like this this well, not even just in Japanese monster films, but just in Jap fifties science fiction in general, where you've got the scientist who's the only scientist who knows what's going on with the monster threat thing that's attacking, but he's also sympathetic because no, we must research it." But then you got the you military gonna re- going, oh, you stupid egghead. How are you going to research Godzilla? What are you going <laughs> to get a, a cage point. for him? Are you going to ask him questions? Are you going to, like, what are you going to... Are you going to fly a helicopter around? No, I'm going to slap you down if you're in a helicopter. Are you going to put, like, a Japanese helmet on him and just, like, say, hey, hey, Godzilla, we think, actually, if you could fight you these gonna... guys for us, or could you tell us secrets? What was it like in the Jurassic era? Are you going gonna... to put a collar on him, like, Doug and Up, where he yeah, could speak Or monkey, like... giant monkey translator? Yeah, monkey translator from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Like, yeah. Well, he does specifically, I don't know if he's already mentioned it, but later on in the film, he does talk about how it's, especially for a nation that has been uh, nuked into into oblivion. Mm. Nah, not the whole nation, but two cities during World War II. He's like, well, you know, the, the ability to... This thing's survived being bombed into uh, oblivion, too. We should probably figure out if we could at least learn how to... We can make ourselves impervious to radioactivity. That would be really helpful for humanity. Mm. And so that is the one thing, <laughs> the one practical thing he does say that they could get from Godzilla if they could study him. But yeah, it's... Even though you think you would have to di- dissect him or something like you that. Think. Again, are you going to ask him, like, what's the secret to anti-radioactivity sauce? And it goes, I'll tell you. You get Thousand Island dressing and put <laughs> it on a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. So then this is that scene over. The Transformers will return. Now, Godzilla! Godzilla! You can pretend Godzilla turns a mighty castle into a pile of sand. Go do it, Godzilla! You control Godzilla's ugly tongue. You can make him stomp, pound his tail, pretending he strikes it all in his way. You can launch Godzilla's claw for the final blow. We did it! What will Godzilla do next? It's up to you. Godzilla with a claw that launches. Some assembly required from the Shogun Warrior Collection by Mattel. We now return to the Transformers. Is that also the scene where, like, his daughter and the Sea Catherine are like, oh, we're going to totally talk to your dad about getting married. And he shows up all sulky and they're like, oh, maybe we should talk to him about (laughs) getting married. Because, like, he ends up yelling at the Sea Captain later about, you want to fight guns? Godzilla's my friend. You get out of my house. (laughs) I can't remember if it's this scene or, like, the the next scene in the house, but yeah. And then people are hanging out on a fancy boat in the middle of the ocean. (laughs) Which is the perfect place to be when Godzilla's <laughs> around. This, they have a 
okay, so at least at this point in the film, they did have newspapers saying, like, 17 boats destroyed. What the fuck are you doing out on, like, a pleasure cruise? Mm-hmm. I can see maybe, like, Japan's an island that needs supplies from other places. I yeah. could see if it was, at least, a shipping boat. But, like, yeah, everyone's doing the Charleston. Yep. And da, 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 and, like, what do you guys do? You guys this, you guys were made to die. What are you doing? Oh, it's a Godzilla. And he says, Rawr. And <laughs> dives back underwater. Does he have, well, yeah, he doesn't really talk. He just wants to, hey, what do you got? What, 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 what music is that? He shows up with a Shazam on his He pops his, his head up, says, is that an open bar? <laughs> no. no. Okay, oh, well. don't buy. Push <laughs> Yeah, so they call in the professor and ask him if there's a way to defeat Godzilla, and he's like, shit, baby, I don't know. I'm sure. He's absorbed an ass ton of atomic radiation. It seems fine. You're asking a zoologist what to do? Y'all are fucked. Well, you think I'm friends with him? I want to be friends with him. He won't be friends with me. He gets all, <laughs> even Sulky on the phone. He's like, I want to talk to your, your friend Godzilla if you like him so much. Me, me, me. Yeah, he won't respond to my letters. I know. He te- I keep on texting him. and he just knew. I could see that he read them, but he won't respond. It's fucked up. Yeah, he's like, focus on why he's still alive. Figure that out. And well, that won't really solve anything. But hi, fam, I'm curious. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So some reporter gets put on the case to report on the professor's daughter's yeah, fiance. Yeah, this gets more confusing okay. too, yeah. And then she's talking to and I was like, okay, she's talking to her fiance, but no, it's the other guy that has feelings for her and wants to marry and then they're gonna tell the guy, the, the, the doctor that she, the, but he's like a brother to her. I don't know. So the, a, report, think... a reporter shows up and wants to go see Dr. Siriza. I'm like, I don't know what's complications the movie doesn't need, especially this reporter guy. The one interesting thing about the reporter guy is when they first introduce him, he's like in a newspaper office with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people. Totally bringing up... Wait, did we, didn't we just do a movie about newspaper people? Yes. What was that? Bring no. Up Baby? No, it was... Uh... Uh, his Girl Friday. His Girl Friday. That kind of reminded me of that. I was like, mm. oh, this is like the sequel. Mm. No, but the big thing in that scene is the two people that he's talking to, there's a guy sitting down with a pencil in his ear, and the editor that comes in to talk to the reporter, those are the two guys who were in the Godzilla suit. This mm. is the, first, the one time you get to see those guys like actually like playing characters. <sighs> Everything aside from that reporter guy, fuck, the, why is he in the, what's going on? Yeah, something's on the plot. Oh, he's very, no, he's very important to the plot. Well, technically he is, because he's the one who brings together the idea of, like, getting Sarazawa involved with, even though Sarazawa's kind of dating Dr. Yamane's daughter, he's the one who says, he shows up because he's like, I want to talk to Dr. Sarazawa, because rumors are, he's got a thing that could fuck up Godzilla. And Emiko's like, what? And Yamane's like, what? And the sea captain's like, what? And shit, and fuck, and yeah. They're gonna go Everyone's talk to... Everyone's all sweaty while they're talking about yeah, this. Wiping there's a lot of down. wiping the back of necks. Which I thought was kind of nice, because I, I, I think because this movie was filmed like in just the summer months like before Godzilla came out in, uh, in November I guess it would have been like that's not really acting as much as just you know kind of like on set you don't just... see people with hankies wiping down the back of their necks much anymore I guess Japan didn't have air conditioning yet which I guess I've heard that Japanese Japan really doesn't still have as much air conditioning as you think it would be considering mm-hmm. how blazingly humid and hot it gets there even these days but... so she'll go talk to him first because she wants to break it to him what oh go like talk to Sarazawa yeah and I guess so, she's, yeah, so I guess I guess she's, she's been, breaking up with him. I guess All right. she's been dating both guys, and so yeah, she's gonna hot Godzilla drama. <sighs> yeah, it's gonna 
So, but you're only, only going to talk to them because the reporter showed up? Or, like, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm so... I, I'm really invested in these people <laughs> I've gotten to know so well in the last 40 minutes. Uh, we're a, halfway through. It's an eye patch, man. They all go see. And the reporter's like, hey, yo, I heard a rumor from some German guy. He's like, I've never worked with a German guy. And he's like, okay, sorry to bother you. I'll go now. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, that was great to... needed. And she stays behind and asks the boy he's researching. He asks, hey, you want to see it? And she's like, and the then you, you can't tell nobody what you're going to see down there. Okay, yeah. And she's like, okay. He's risking his life on the project. Come on and look at it. Yeah, he's got a totally, like, basement. He's totally fucking, what's the guy from Mystery Science Theater 3000? Dr. Clayton Forrester Basements lab yeah. where he's got all the, like it's, it's great he's got like neon tube weird laser lighting and like yeah. flask and shit everywhere it's pretty great uh-huh. yeah so they go down to his lap she looks at shit and he picks up an alka-seltzer pill and drops it in a fish tank <laughs> and she goes ah! and covers her eyes they don't specifically show what's going on no. except there's some bubbles in the fish tank yeah. but yeah these poor fish and then she screams fat, ugly fish too she like screams this. and covers her eyes yeah and then he they leave her lab and she's like man i'm sad now yeah although she does promise not to reveal to anyone yeah. what she has just seen in I his don't lab don't tell nobody and dr sarah's always like okay cool whatever yeah she go home very sad how they watch some fish get turned inside out or something. I don't know. <laughs> What's the worst thing that can happen to fish? This lady's seen Godzilla. Yeah. What? This, this makes her brother and boyfriend concerned for her. Does she have a brother, too, on top of everything There's else? There's that other guy, the, like, guy with the shaved head. Oh, no, he's head. the younger guy from the very beginning. When you were talking about there's, like, the older guy, when the, when the raft, the survivor of the raft comes onto Odo Island, like, in the first five minutes of the movie there's the older guy who's talking about, oh, Godzilla's gonna fuck us up, and he's talking to a younger guy. The younger guy with the shaved head is the survivor, and the commentary, they do mention that, so it seems as if... (laughs) This is even... Did the professor adopt him? Exactly, yeah! (laughs) Even though it's never seen him before, it's just this kid is just hanging out with all the heroes just because, yeah. Again, the melodrama, not exactly well-baked in this film. So, okay, she's sad. (sighs) Then she comes in with drinks. But then a big drum starts. Maybe it's Godzilla. We better run towards this danger. It is. This is totally the calm before the storm because it is nice and quiet. Everyone's all fucked up. Like the the, the daughter's reeling from seeing from what she had just seen with Dr. Sarazawa's office. Her dad's all fucked up about Godzilla. Everyone's all kind of sad and fucked up in this house for and it's just a moment of quiet. It's really nice. And then, yeah, you just hear boom, footsteps, boom, yeah. footsteps. Like, oh, shit, what will happen next? Oh, God, the centerpiece I, of the film. Godzilla gonna come out of the water with the military shooting. Actually, no, this is actually just, there's two big attacks. I think this is the first one. Yeah. It doesn't last too long, but yeah. Yeah, because the military shoots him with guns. Depth charges didn't work, but surely these tiny bullets will put a stop to him. They're far enough from Godzilla, because I wonder if they would, like, the bullets would even reach him, because yeah. they are like like half a mile away, and they're just like... People are getting the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. The professor tells a, a, a military grunt not to use lights on Godzilla, because it only make him angry. I know, because he told me in his secret <laughs> diary that he lets only me read. I just guess- me. I guess the same character shows up in the first sequel, and I, I guess it's explained that the lights are supposed to remind Godzilla of the nuclear blast that turned him into the monster that mm. he is. But yeah, although technically that's not the same Godzilla. This Godzilla canonically does stay dead. Mm. The, all the the Godzilla in the, all the films after this are like a brand new baby Godzilla who shows up. Mm. So, mm, so who knows? Uh, they don't listen to him. I think Godzilla's gonna get angry. 
Godzilla starts walking towards a rail yard. Slowly. Where he <laughs> Stop it along. He steps on a rail car, uses it like a skates, and starts skating around Tokyo. Wee! <laughs> best day ever! Yeah, it's beautiful. Not really, though. I'm lying. He just picks up. He, he picks one up and goes. Ah, and goes. And throws it, it down. Yeah. And, yeah. He realized trains do not taste yummy. They are yucky. They taste like they taste like switch cartridges. <laughs> no. Yeah. So uh, he, he fucks up some bridges. He like picks it and tabletop throws it. Oh, he flips the table of a bridge. I don't like the actor for a moment. There's one bridge that he's ripping up that has a. He seems to have a bit of a problem for a brief moment, like, ripping up the, like, it's not breaking the way it should be. He's kind of, like, kind of really kind of, like, heft it up, and yeah, it's it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. He fucks up the bridge and walks away. Happy with the job well done. <laughs> he just hated that bridge specifically. Because, yeah, this is not, like, I always forget, this is not the main centerpiece destruction. This is him just, yeah, essentially just attacking that one bridge and then walking away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, God. And then a newspaper, international researchers to assist. <laughs> I imagine Dr. Yamane just sitting on top of a hill. Yeah, I hate that bridge, too. Go, Godzilla. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. He just destroyed that bridge, and he said, if only we could study him. <laughs> we could harness his bridge-destroying powers. So they're prepared <sighs> to construct a 30-meter-high, 80-meter-deep barbed wire fence along the coast. They'll put 50,000 volts of electric current through the fence in hopes of electrocuting Godzilla to death. Yes. This will definitely work. Not only will they be able to build a 30 meter high, 80 meter deep fence in a matter of hours. Literally a day. There's no way a creature that's stomped through all of these power lines earlier in the film would be able to get past it. Perfect plan. <laughs> it is pretty cute. Like, uh, this is something you would only really notice with the Blu-ray version of the film. But, like, you could totally tell, like, half of the, the, the power lines are just, like, matte paintings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like like dropped into, like, stock footage of the Japan countryside and stuff like that. But it is, it is pretty cute. But, yeah, they, they somehow, like, circus, like uh, enclose all of Tokyo Bay and 100-foot-tall electrical shit within, like, yeah, within, yeah. like, a one, like, eight-hour shift. It's yeah. crazy. And they evacuate people, too, because that fence is going to be super dangerous to all the people that yeah, are everyone hundreds with, of feet below it. Yeah, everyone living within, like, 1,600 feet of the Tokyo Bay has to get out, yeah. yeah. So the professor's all sad again. Because they all, all they can think about is killing Godzilla and not He's just studying him. He's sad 80s sure. pop in his room. Hun- <laughs> hundreds of people have died. But he can destroy whole houses just by taking a dump on them. But let's figure out a way to capture him. Study Godzilla in a cage. What's your plan, old man? Yeah, what's you have to have besides just sitting Speci- in- other than just vague, yeah, just like just look. sitting in your room with Evanescence on repeat in the dark. He's literally now played by Molly Ringwald, being all I'm dead. Yeah, no, so then, yeah, come on, man. So be then, a little more proactive yeah. about, like, what if, if you want to help Godzilla do something, but don't just be, yeah. And the boyfriend's like, shit, no, let's kill the fuck out of him, and this makes his dad Oh, that's my when he's own. all like, yeah, he fl- that's that's right when the daughter's all like, yeah. oh, let's, let's talk, but let's he, get dad's blessing so we can get married, and he, that does not work he out. He storms out of the room, and yeah. she's like, hey, I'm so sorry for my dad, and he's like, no. I should have not said such Dad things goes, to upset him. That goes back to check his Godzilla Tumblr on his computer back <laughs> in, his, in his laptop in his bedroom. But uh, then the TV turns itself on in a special bulletin to let everybody know the fence is going to be charged, so stop climbing all over it. The professor invented a TV that turns itself on. He's mm-hmm. got a little bit of Doc Brown in him. Ah, oh, shit. Godzilla's coming out of the water all splish-splashing around and making that... <laughs> 
ma- uh, the <laughs> fart with his hands that shoots water at other people. Yeah, and it's totally not the same it's stock so footage we just saw. Well, not stock footage. Make it all. He put his mouth under the water, go blah, 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 make bubbles. And he reaches the fence and zip zap zooing. He just walks right through it. Well, no did- way anybody could have seen that coming. <laughs> oh, really? Because like, there's no physical. Th- I mean, I guess so. Was- <laughs> as somebody who grew up on a farm with the cows. My dad had just put up a new electric fence, yeah. and I was like, look at that, and I ran <laughs> through it, because I didn't know it was there. Yeah. And the electricity doesn't just keep flowing through you. Once you run through the fence, the electricity kind of stops. Well, it breaks the circuit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I guess the Japanese people that were like, let's make a fence, were like, oh. Oh, no. Oh, that- we didn't know this was going to happen. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Not only that, the Godzilla just turns around and the first use of his atomic breath, mm-hmm. which in this movie looks like Vic's Vaporub. He blows, or like an like yeah. air humidifier coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh, well, they God. try shooting him a bunch. Maybe yeah. it'll work this time. No. No, no. it's not working. Yeah, it, it is great, because when he turns around and melts the, the, the towers right next to him, like, I guess they did, it looks like they just showed bright lights on the towers to make them look like they're, like, molten steel now, because mm-hmm. then they kind of sag and melt and stuff like that. But He blows hot yeah. fart breath this all is, over him. This Brrr. is the centerpiece thing of the whole film yeah. that starts off right here, yeah. Especially right. with the atomic part. And now he's going through the city, lighting shit on fire, stomping on hap- on houses and really squishing people. Goes and, nuts. Oh, if only we could study him. <laughs> Lots of people still in town for being evacuated. See, like, I guess, well, I guess they only really did think to just evacuate, like, the, yeah, the 1,600 feet from, like, the shore, but not, like, all the department stores and the buildings yeah. and Japanese parliament that all get destroyed in this scene. Fire trucks rushing around to put out 100-foot-tall flames. I don't think you're going to help much. Yeah. And then the, but then uh, models of fire trucks are tripped over and crashed. <laughs> There's some great things where they will, like, they will have footage of Jap- live Japanese guys and, like, like rear projection footage of, like, r- like racing down the, the streets of Tokyo. And then we'll cut, like, the, then you'll see, like, a model crash into a building and then cut yeah. back to live action footage of, like, see, crash. A it's, Playmobil guy hanging on really, to the side. But that turns into back to a Japanese guy when they when they split the footage. Yeah. It's, they, they, they are trying to do some interesting special effects things in this movie that don't quite make the cut, but I appreciate their effort. It's, yep. Yeah. So then they shoot Godzilla with a tank. This will probably work, right? Yeah. It does not work. Again, you know, with 60 years of hindsight, we know that Godzilla, you know, tanks and shit aren't going to work on Godzilla, but it yeah. is kind of funny to see is them it? breaking out all this uh, now hardware the first time. Officials got to talk about how shit everything has gotten, and why, fuck, why we have a backup plan. <laughs> and we, we, we just thought the fence was going to work, and the bullets... Uh, no, I guess maybe we should have had more power. There's in the still half power an hour. Lines. What's gonna happen? That's a lot of Godzilla being an asshole. Yeah. And there's a scene of a lady holding three kids, saying, "We'll be with father shortly. This is... Just a little longer, we'll be with your daddy." That shit is so Japanese. <laughs> this has somehow become like one of the most famous scenes and it's, in the it's movie. It's also it's Even also though... very Japanese to have somebody like that that we have no connection to whatsoever. And you just never see like, them again. You can just oh, it's gonna be so awesome. You when just we die. assume that they're dead, but you never yeah. get to see them. Um. Yeah, this, well, I guess this is one of the things that, I guess it didn't cut, well, we, we, we were even debating before doing this episode as to whether or not we should do the Raymond Burr, Burr version, mm. that was the Americanized, that's actually the movie called Godzilla, Yeah. or we should do this version, I, I argued for this because you get, you didn't really argue, you just said, uh, original, we should do original, and I was like, okay, I guess in the Raymond Burr, Burr version, they cut out, they keep the footage in, but they don't have any, she's not saying anything, because mm. they thought it would be too fucked up to see that, like, 
you still get the impression that the lady's gonna die with her kids. It's just you don't hear the like, we're gonna be with daddy in heaven. And I guess some people also assume that like the daddy must have died in World War Two, but she's had she's got like little newborn babies. It's not like those kids. I don't know. It's a whole mess. But like, I don't know. it is what's supposed to be one of the more most evocative moments in the movie. That oh my god! Despite the, the fact that Godzilla's already killed millions of people, he might squish three more in here. But yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so then a clock starts chiming, and Godzilla hates <laughs> it. Yeah, like cuts He's like, no, five more minutes, bro. Reporters are reporting on shit. This is my favorite thing in the whole movie. Wondering if the world is really going to be destroyed by a giant monster. Yeah. I don't know about that, but you're sure doing a number on your town. I do love it. He's like, yeah, guys, we're on top of the TV tower. And he's like, oh, it seems like Godzilla's turning towards us. We're going to keep on reporting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They're sweaty as balls. They're sweaty as balls. They're and... like, Godzilla's knocking down all the tallest things in Tokyo. Here we are. The tallest Here thing we in Tokyo. are. The tallest thing <laughs> in Tokyo. They, they don't think for a moment to like, I. it's hard to tell if their sacrifice is supposed to be stoic or if they're just stupid but I think yeah. they're just stupid because Godzilla comes up and is like that looks like a tasty little treat <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing it. is it's, it turns back into the hand pump and bites it but it's not it's not like he kills directly kills the people inside of it what happens is that then biting it kind of knocks the tower over and it cuts to like this really visceral like when I saw this as a kid I, this is the most fucked up thing they cut to like a first person sh- perspective shot mm-hmm. of the people falling like a hundred feet from the top of the tower to the ground mm. and that's like Oh fuck! So it's not even about Godzilla stepping on people or, or burning people alive, but then just falling from that. I was like, oh man, that's fucked up. That's actually kind of visceral to me. I was like, shit, because I'm not a big fan of heights, yeah. but I am a fan of Godzilla, and so I'm conflicted in the scene about how I'm Doctor Yamane, where I'm like, yay, this, boo that, but yeah, Godzilla just on a tear. If only we could study him. I <laughs> we could wipe out all the world's stupid reporters. <laughs> so Godzilla keeps fucking shit up, <sighs> flipping over bridges and whatnot. But worry not, here comes some planes to shoot Godzilla. Yeah, this will fix everything. Because all the missiles so far have been effective. I guess all the Don't good. Just... I guess all the good pilots died because <laughs> these guys can't I mean, hit shit. Been... They can't hit the giant monster at all. The Japanese military did get a bit thinned out in recent <laughs> years when this film was made. Everybody's yeah. super stoked because Godzilla's going oh. back to the sea, and they're like, "He's running away now." Yes, we shoot more at him too. Yes, now. you guys sure showed him. I'm sure yes. he ran away because of the fisherman with the samurai swords. Yeah, it is visceral though. I. I why do I keep on using that word? It is fucked up, kind of actually legitimately haunting, though, especially if you're watching the first time as a kid. Like, the scenes of, like, like Godzilla silhouetted in black against the, like, the sea of fire that Japanese, that uh, Tokyo has turned into. Mm. And it's kind of haunting. Because, like I said, growing, like, when, when you're first to exposure to Godzilla, is all the dumb mystery science theater, Jet Jaguar, Godzilla's a good guy, everything's well lit and stuff. This kind of spooky thing where he is just this black engine of destruction, and he's, like, he's pretty much turned Tokyo into a living hell. Mm. And he's just kind of stomping around it. And the moments where it, like, cuts back and, like, the sound cuts out, it's just really kind of quiet but like you just see the destruction he's rotten yeah he's silhouetted against it. it is fucked up in a way that i'm not used to seeing in godzilla movies and which is hard thing to capture too because like everyone just gets into the fun power fantasy of godzilla but this is kind of like the, the interesting thing where it's like oh the, the human cost of godzilla is so sad yeah but he stomps in the sea after killing half of tokyo and one yeah. guy stands up and said he's gonna be a good guy someday <laughs> I believe 
Dr. Yamada has actually been so good about, like, pre preaching the gospel of Godzilla. There's already a couple kids hanging out with him, like, I think we can turn him, we can make him good, he's just a fixer-upper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's said, like, yeah, there's a small part of the Japanese population that is, like, the Padme to, to Godzilla's Anakin that they, 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 think they, they think they can make him better someday. Yeah. But yeah. So then later, doctors pe checking people out at some sort of makeshift medical clinic. Yeah, this kind of sad. Then kids well, are now radioactive. Yeah. Because I you... guess that's what Godzilla do. Yeah. Well, that's the sad thing, because even aside from the people who got directly crushed and killed by Godzilla now, because he's radioactive, I guess he's just made half the population radioactive, and you have doctors going up to kids with Geiger counters, and the Geiger counters pretty much explode. Yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, now these kids are going to grow up. They're going to grow up to be 50 meters tall. Maybe mm. we get these... <laughs> if radiation works on God on kids like they seem to work on Godzilla, then we have no problem. Godzilla has just made his own army that we're going to use to fight Godzilla someday. Yeah. So some lady dies a kid cries i was yeah. so attached to that random lady how yeah. will i ever recover yeah i it's not like the mom from the earlier scene no, or anything right the professor's yeah. daughter is there for some reason she can't stay quiet anymore she has to tell the other boy the secret that he promised the doctor guy promised her to keep oh yeah so there's a flashback and we see the alka-sensor pill gets flashback. put in the tank and it bubbled and tumbled and turned the fish to bones and that made her scream because she didn't know fish had bones she thought they were just made of jelly like swedish fish what isn't there the scene doesn't he like isn't there a scene where like someone goes up to the doctor? Is it is it after this that the military goes up to to, to, to Dr. Sarazawa and they're like, "Hey, we heard you got a oh Emma no, goes." That doesn't happen. Oh, that doesn't happen. No, I thought there was a scene where he like... sucked all the oxygen out of the tank or something. Just a little piece of his alkalcessor could turn everything in Tokyo Bay into a graveyard. Yeah, he's. Why would you ever work on that? <laughs> this is a fantastic. Why? Wait, wait, he's like, maybe someday it'll be used for good. What? 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 The oxygen destroyer? What could you use for good? <laughs> you call it the oxygen destroyer and you're sad you can't find a good use for it? Then maybe, yeah. I mean, they do Maybe suggest... my gun, the Brain Melter 2000, <laughs> will be good used for good someday. I mean... Science hurts sometimes. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, they do kind of suggest that um, he accidentally discovered the secret of the oxygen destroyer. Mm. And now, but yeah, it is suggested that he's been working on refining it, making it more powerful. And he's all form. like, hey, look at this thing. I could destroy it. Yeah, and why would you show well, her? <laughs> he even specifically says like the one thing that he drops into the, into the fish tank, even that alone would be enough to destroy all the life in Tokyo Bay. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, her reaction should be, then what the fuck is this? There's no practical positive use to this thing. It's just a life-destroying pill. Yeah. Yeah. And now she has to break her promise because this thing relates to Godzilla? Yeah. Well, I'd like she makes the leap of thinking, well, maybe this could be the thing that could take out Godzilla. Technically, I guess that makes her the hero of the film, but yeah. So they go and see Eyepatch, man. Secondary guy wearing his best ill-fitting suit. Yeah, he said... Uh, it's Ilfity suit guy. His said, other suit's got soaked through the sweat. You yeah. saw how oh, sweaty is everyone in this movie. He says, that, that, hey, we should use your oxygen destroyer. And Eyepatch guy has no chill. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> like, and he looks at her like, he's like, what? He's like, did you tell them about the oxygen destroyer? I mean, what oxygen destroyer? Yeah. Just like, yeah. Yeah, then, he's a doctor. He's not a he's not a performer. Yeah. He's not a so light stoic line. Japanese arguments about how they can't use the device. No, no, they argue from fight about. Well, this... we get exciting footage of fish. 
the commentary does posit that this is kind of the philosophical crux of the movie Mm. that Dr. Serizawa could he has a choice. He could either like the unleash unleash this uh, the the oxygen destroyer for the short term benefit that you just stop a monster that is otherwise going to destroy the world, or at well, at the cost of now suddenly everyone knows about this oxygen destroyer and then it could be used in a future war someday that w- that could also wipe out the entire population of the planet. Yeah, and so that's he struggles for the next half hour of the film about mm. <laughs> at length ends. But you do get a lovely shot. <sighs> Of a fish tank, a murky-looking fish tank. Yeah, they're and like people argue that water or the sounds of people. Are like, no, I don't want to use it. Well, you're going to use it, and then. Slap fire, some sweaty, meaty fucking. I can't tell which. Yeah, Maybe both at the same time. And the secondary guy uh... gets hurt somehow. His face is bleeding, and then the eye patch man is ashamed and asks for him to forgive him. Is there and a he's... physical fight? Yeah. I watched this movie twice. I didn't even notice. He, he says, hey, if, taking if notes. that shit could help, i tell everybody. But right now, it's just a load of hot garbage. It sucks the oxygen out of water. <laughs> but it, it has positive re- uses. <laughs> Let, uh, I, I and, swear to God someday. And they're like, yeah, but Godzilla, though. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but politicians, though. Which, to be fair, And yeah. then they're like, yes, but anybody could save us now. It's you for reasons. Mm-hmm. And he continues to be all stoic, and he doesn't know quite what he should do, and just, yeah, it goes and on for a while. And even if he burned his nose, somebody could use the, him for evil, because it's in his brain pan. Mm-hmm. And he forced him to make it. a shocking lack of uh, confidence in his own ability to not tell people the secret <laughs> of the oxygen destroyer. suddenly he realizes he's supposed to act. He goes, <laughs> and grabs his head, and he says, what am I going to do? He's, this is definitely like the going for the Oscar kind of performance where he's just like, I don't know what that and, and then his t- TV turns itself on and shows footage of destroyed miniatures like and th- people being loaded into hospitals. Is this also the thing where the music kicks in where it's like a big hymn of hymn to the fallen where it's all like, like well, and w- then, women singing yeah, and, and then, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah, I was, this is, one, I, yeah, this it is must probably have the most haunting moment pretty, pretty in the fu- film. Pretty fucked up for people who survived the nukes. That's the thing, exactly, yeah. And then there's schoolgirls singing because Godzilla may be attacking Tokyo, but that's no excuse for being tardy to school. Everyone needs to show up, put on their fucking uniforms, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Your parents are dead, but that doesn't mean you can't take <laughs> math class. That just means they're going to sing better, because now they they can sing sadly with soul. So Ipash Man turns uh... off the TV, realizes they're right, but this will be the first and last time the oxygen destroyer will be used. And he burns all his notes. So long, science! This makes the girl cry. She's very sad that the sign's being burned. She hates it. She hates seeing it burn. God. Now people are on boats. The safest place to be. <laughs> you think an airplane just dropping the thing could do the thing. I guess you want to make sure you can dive down and make sure Godzilla's where... Especially maybe it's really complicated and resource intensive to, to build an o- actual big oxygen destroyer like this size so they don't want to well, waste their Well, except the one shots. little pill he was like, this could wipe out all of Tokyo Bay. Exactly! But he's got a giant fucking three foot he's long pill like now. He's a fucking oxygen destroyer missile practically, yeah. 
It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love. I'm already jumping ahead a little bit. When it actually gets used, it's like this little bubble core in the middle that kind of cracks open, and yeah. Aqua Seltzer comes out. It's <laughs> fucking yeah. So they're using the Geiger counter to figure out where Godzilla is, so they can dump science on him. <laughs> Eye Patch Man says, "Give me a diving suit," even though he has no diving experience. But don't worry, the other guy will do it because. All the government officials are just standing there with their thumbs in their armpits being like, we don't have this to do anything. For, this is like the last 20 minutes of the movie, and this goes on for a while, yeah. too, where it's just a lot of melodrama. Not even melodrama. It's just more people just kind of standing around being really kind of sad-faced on the boat. Yeah, yeah the politicians yeah. are just kind of there and just like, yeah. Yep. It's kind so of the, anticlimactic the two, uh, end. For, uh, the, hmm. the two boys will go in together for reasons. <laughs> they hand the eye patch guy to the oxygen destroyer. Emotions are felt all around. Well, I think specifically the sea captain guy volunteers to take it down, but then Sarazawa was like, "I don't know if, if we're going to use this. I'm going to be down there too." Yeah. So yeah. So into the water they go. You think there'd be a lot of trained professionals around to do this? No, but nope. It'll be the they salvage. Have no help from anyone the else. Salvage guy and the doctor. I get again. I guess the Japanese like, I, navy got really wiped out during World War Two, mm. so like they have they have no one else. They're, they are using like old ass like diving bell helmets. Oh, they're all they look ratty. like body shock. Yeah, yeah. The shit's like falling off. Like, yeah. I mean, you can more scratch it looks it like it's made Toho of props not being well together taken care of. out of leather scraps. It looks pretty fucking ragged. Yeah. yeah. This is your. This is what you're going to use to take out Godzilla. It's just yeah. a couple guys with a fucking explosive <laughs> oxygen-destroying lunchbox. So they reach yeah. the bottom where Godzilla is taking a bit of a nap. Because he, he all tuckled out from destroying him. Tokyo. He's asleep on his side. He is just like a cat like in the sun. Like one. Well, so murky footage of them moving around underwater. It's oh, very this goes captivating. On for a while. Like, you can tell they spent a lot of time and money trying to, like, film underwater so they're gonna use every bit of so, footage they scraped up so they start pulling Whoa. up the pretty boy he was very helpful well yeah they, he, they went down they walked a couple feet and he was like pull me back up <laughs> we found godzilla i'm out of here yeah oh so uh then the oxygen destroyer but I, well eye patch man stays down he wants to turn into bones too <laughs> so then they started pulling he starts the oxygen destroyer. Yeah, he cracks it. Well, it doesn't crack it up, but he like flips the switch. The middle ball, but like I said, opens up in the yeah. most kind of like silly kind of looking a little way. Mm. But like, yeah, all the water bubbles. Bubbles, like yeah, bubbles and bubbles. It's doing its all seltzer action kind of shit. Yeah, because bubbles aren't made of oxygen. <laughs> and then the sea farts. Godzilla flails. <laughs> Eye patch man's like, "Fuck yeah, it worked," and I'm happy for them. And he cuts his air hose. He dead. Yeah. Mission well, accomplished. Somehow, he can also right before a fucking uh, sea captain guy gets to the top of the the, the water. He's somehow able to talk to the sea captain guy, despite they they don't have they should be like there's no they don't have radios or anything like that. He's just like I want you guys to be happy, and then he cuts his line. And that's the last thing you see. There's a bunch of bubbles coming up from the bottom of the ocean on the water surface. And Sea Captain comes up and he tells yeah. Emiko, he's like he wanted us to be happy, and then everyone's super bummed. And, like, well, the music gets sad, and everyone's like, it's an elegy for Dr. Serizawa, who has just sacrificed himself yeah. to not only take out Godzilla, but also take out his knowledge of the uh, knowledge of the oxygen destroyer. Mm-hmm. Um, That'll solve the lack of fish. <laughs> that's true. Not, not a lot of sushi being eaten in Japan yeah, for Godzilla the next Godzilla roars, months. and his ass blasts. Oh, I forgot he actually comes up! Things, yeah! And then he, turn, he sinks to the bottom and waves goodbye and turns to bones and his dad. He comes up and he actually sees Yamane and looks him right in the eyes and says, You could have done more to save yeah. me. <laughs> ah! Why didn't you study me? <laughs> 
<laughs> the knowledge I could have helped you with. And then the professor's Learn like, from me. The professor's like, we have one. We can see that Godzilla will never rise from the depths again. Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. Main character's sad about the depth dude. Dead dude. He looks at the girl. So he wanted us to be happy. And yeah, okay, I guess he he never said that, but you know, lie well, her. He did say that. He said that to no one. He was just underneath, and he was like, "Be happy." And then well, he that's what I'm assuming because, like, it seems that but like he, the guy somehow no hurt, hurt him. him. Yeah, my guess. Yeah. So then, uh, turns the, out Godzilla has telepathic. He can connect people. Yeah, the professor's like, "Can't believe it. Godzilla was the only surviving member of his species." But we were keep on. If we keep on conducting those nuclear tests, maybe another one will show up somewhere in the world again. And then they all salute. So for what eye patch man, thanks for killing all the fish, and it's the end. <laughs> thanks for all the fish. Yeah, yeah, I do like Doctor Yaman is like there might be more monsters someday, like Mothra, Rodan, King Ghidorah, mm-hmm. Beyonce, all the, uh, the the smog monster. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the man. There's so many goddamn Godzilla monsters. That is the end of 1954's. Gojira, what did you think? Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's f- at least it was only ninety minutes long. Could have been longer, more dragged out, but yeah, yeah. It's it's a ragged little movie. I appreciate the hearts. I like. How I asked you for your opinion. Now I'm gonna tell you my no, opinion. Fine. Fuck you, but yeah. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's now do you weird. feel complete? It would it would be weird to watch this and then watch one of the silliest one where like Godzilla sliding on his tail and that shit. I was tempted too because yeah. Like, how did you get here? <laughs> Well, because especially because I think he's a good guy, like, just, like, two movies later. Yeah. I don't even think it was a very much of a gradual change. I th- There was one more black-and-white sequel. It was called, like, Godzilla Rides Again, which is hilarious. Cause he's got he's a riding Harley? A horse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and then I think by, like, the third one, which I think was, like, the first color one, he's like, I'm a hero to children everywhere. Mm. And, like, well, I guess they decided he needed to fight another monster. It could just be Godzilla attacking stuff. Like, and so then I guess then they became, like, the defender of Tokyo and the defender of earth mm-hmm. and so just yeah i think kids loved god i can't imagine being a little kid like seeing that movie and being like yay godzilla <laughs> but i guess mm-hmm. enough kids did that they, they eventually decided that he needs to be the hero yeah but, <laughs> godzilla it is interesting too because both i i do find it interesting that godzilla and king kong both american japan's like two big movie monsters are both you know they're both metaphors for fucked up social shit where like Godzilla to Japan is a big metaphor for United States aggression and nuclear fears and shit like that, like all kinds of anxieties and shit like that. Whereas King Kong's like all about racial shit about like, oh, we brought this guy, slaved him in chains from Africa, and now he's stealing our white women. It's just interesting that like these big things that destroy like our biggest major cities are also <laughs> like these that, like personifications I of social like anxieties. The Japanese one's a little bit more impactful. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> a nuclear like, holocaust as opposed to hey, that guy took a white woman. One way, like, you gonna fuck her on top of the building. <laughs> but there is still kind of vague that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Well, see, I got, I got notes about oh, Godzilla. I, what? There's trivia about Godzilla. Yeah! But it, no, nobody's happen. ever heard of this movie. Shut up. I hate your face. <laughs> also, I'm gonna just... Um, I'm sorry, I have to check my eBay auction for something that's going up. The, what? There are, did, what? What? I love you. Uh-huh. Godzilla. Godzilla. So what, what Godzilla movies? So you've only seen the Godzilla movies... From Mr. Science Theater 3000. 
I and I've seen chunk, big chunks of the the American one. That's the thing because I grew yeah. up like watching bits and pieces of Godzilla movies, but there's only a few Godzilla movies I've sat down and, like just like watched like from stem to stern, like Destroy All Monsters, which has like most of the Godzilla movies and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm just kind of curious for future projects. I haven't seen. It's any funny to think that most really. of the Godzilla movies could be open to us if we ever yeah. wanted to do another one. I guess the closest thing to like a like canonical sequel to this movie within. Like the 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 larger got body of Godzilla works was I guess in 1995 they have a movie called Godzilla versus Destroya, mm. which is it's a monster that is actually created by the Oxygen Destroyer. Mm. It's like because it's been in uh, Tokyo Bay for like 50 years, it somehow like mutates a bunch of animals that come together to form like. I guess it was a movie made for like Godzilla's like 40th anniversary. And so they were like, what's the, what could Godzilla's biggest enemy be? It could be the thing that's created by the thing that killed the very first Godzilla. Mm. It was a whole big thing. And I'm kind of, I was almost tempted to do that next yeah. as a project. Actually, I guess I could do that. Yeah. Just as a follow-up to this, because it seems like, yeah, story-wise, canonically, that's the closest thing to a, like a direct sequel plot-wise to this yeah. film that ever exists in the other Godzilla movies. But we'll get to what I'm doing next in a bit, because I do have trivia. Uh, yeah, the creation of Godzilla was inspired by the 1953 Ray Harryhausen slash Ray Bradbury film The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, which was about a giant irradiated lizard that tears up New York, which itself was inspired by King Kong from 20 years earlier. And, as I mentioned before, also inspired by the irradiation of a Japanese fishing vessel by American H-bomb. Uh, yeah, just less than a year before Godzilla was released. Yeah, that H-bomb incident just happened like that spring. And Godzilla came out in November, so that, like I said, that was, like, really recent uh, news for the Japanese public at the time. Uh, special effects guy, Eiji Tsuburiya, Tsuburaya. People, Japanese people have crazy names. Eiji <laughs> uh, Tsuburaya wanted the monster to be a stop-motion octopus. Uh, Tsuburaya owned a copy of King Kong and had spent years trying to reverse uh, engineer Willis O'Brien's work on the film. But the budget and schedule for Godzilla forced him to design a creature that could be brought to life with just a man in a suit. Which, I do love the idea that, like, the monster just being like, man, that would have taken forever, because if you were doing stop motion with, like, an octopus with, like, eight arms and shit like that? Yeah. That'd be crazy. That would have been impressive to see, but, yeah, man. I wonder if it still would have wound up, like, with atomic breath or something like that. Oh, man. And, last big note. A legend has it that the name Gojira comes from the combination of the Japanese words for gorilla and whale, or that the creature was named after a giant teamster on the Toho lot named Gojira. Um, I, presumably he got the name because he looked like a cross between a girl and a whale too, I don't know. Mm. Uh, but the reality is that the name was chosen as part of a publicity contest held by Toho where moviegoers were asked to come up with a name for the monster. Uh, the working title of the film was just Project G, G for Giant. Okay. And so, which is funny because it's still wound up being a G word. But mm. Gojira. Mm, mm, mm. Gojira. Mm -hmm. That's Godzilla. That's Godzilla. That's Godzilla. Yeah. Um, it's also kind of funny because, yeah, like I said, they did release this in America with Raymond Burr. Yeah. With a lot of, like, the, the melodrama cut out and Raymond Burr just kind of standing around just telling the audience <laughs> what's happening in the other yeah. parts they left in. Like, oh, Godzilla seems to be attacking that radio tower. Um... But one of the first Godzilla movies I ever saw as a kid was Godzilla 1985, mm. which was, like, the first Godzilla the movie they made after, like, a 10-year hiatus, which they actually brought back Raymond Burr. Like, it's, like, a, I, I think even the Japanese version might actually have Raymond Burr in it. They, like, cannot, like made, like, the, the American version of Godzilla, like, the bastardization, like, canonical within the Godzilla movies themselves by having him come back. He's playing the same character named Steve Martin yeah. of all things, too. 
Uh, which is only interesting because we started recording. You said that you don't care much about Steve Martin! No. The funny guy! That's fine. Which is- I, I, I'm not trying to sick public opinion against you, but- Hey! Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just gave birth and my voice changed! <laughs> There's a baby! Guys, I feel like I'm talking about Godzilla now. News special news flash. Before, We've got a baby. <laughs> Before you get too distracted, but what you gonna do next time? I don't know. You got a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna read really well for Daniel's, audio. Daniel's wife Kelsey just showed up with oh the baby. He's the kid. Oh, that was perfect. I'll let you guys nice. get out of here. Oh no, you're fine. I know, but still. <laughs> what you gonna do next? What time? am I gonna do next? Okay, I'm gonna actually leave this to. Uh, I have a couple ideas for what I might do next. I uh -huh. might just choose depending on what people want us to talk about next. Uh, I'm deciding between The Wild Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, which is a documentary that Daniel suggested. So good. Is it good? <laughs> uh, Forbidden Planet, the 1950s movie starring uh, What's-His-Face from the uh, Naked Gun movies. Mm -hmm. Battle for the Planet of the Apes, which is the last Planet of the Apes movie. I've never mm -hmm. seen it. Super Metroid, River City Ransom, Portopia Serial Murder Case, Sweet Home. Actually, maybe those last two we're not going to do right now because that's going to be time intensive. But yeah, if people would like any of those other things that, like, I don't know. I'm so distracted because they're a baby! That's why I'm trying to power through to him. Oh, yeah, what and, was... And you could tell Bill what he want on Mudder on Twitter. Yeah, Mudder on Twitter or Tardy the Park. Or Tardy, Tardy, Tardy Podcast Tardy on Twitter. Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. He's podcasting. And, he doesn't who, know. Who, he doesn't know it, but he's now on the internet forever. <laughs> and angry. He does not like it. doesn't he's like so it. so angry at us for yeah. wasting his time. <laughs> so I guess... As our listeners should be. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's all for this week. Godzilla's fine. I hate babies, and I hate parents. <laughs> but I like you guys enough that I think it's amazing that John's here. Hey. I'm sorry. I'm so no, easily... I'm not the kind of person who's usually just... Like, yeah, no, I fine. like you guys enough that I'm I actually care you're... about your kid. I'm glad you didn't go, oh, baby. <laughs> I just didn't throw a rock. <laughs> I thought I heard the sound of a baby. I thought I was losing my mind. Anyway, so that, that was 1954's Godzilla. That's yeah, fine the fuck am I? My brain is just the We'll squirrel. see what happens next time. But yeah, time. we'll see. Yeah, uh, uh, Wild Wonderful Whites of West Virginia Forbidden Planet. Uh, I'm almost tempted to say fuck and just say... Actually, between Forbidden Planet and Wild Wonderful Whites, because I think everything else, we, there's things that would keep us from doing the other two things. Yeah, yeah Wild Wonderful Whites of West Virginia Forbidden Planet, let us know which one you prefer yeah. us to tackle next. See what we do next time. Yeah, because we're recording just a day or two before this goes live. So. Yeah, so until next time, you're filling your holes with pop culture. We'll see you later. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Perfect impression. You're oh, like Godzilla! What? Because you had a baby! Oh, okay, that's a good... And he will Nobody carry else on. besides Godzilla has what? had a baby. What months? Oh, he's oh, she's trying to calm him down, and I'm screaming. <laughs> you're fine. Loud Am I going to be the first Loud noises are fine. Fight? Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys. Goodbye. When Mr. Green Gills crawls up out of Tokyo Harbor and starts hip-hop dancing all over the train station, we know that a new era in international relations has arrived. It'll take more than the wonders of modern Japanese science to defeat Godzilla. It will take, well, deadpan voiceover narration by Raymond Burr to cover up the fact that everybody's speaking Japanese in this movie. But it's Godzilla night on Monster Vision, including our second feature too, Godzilla vs. Mothra. And it starts in just a couple of minutes. 
You know, nobody has anything good to say about nuclear radiation. And it created more than 30 Godzilla movies, including the big-budget American Godzilla that opened earlier this week. And we should listen to the planet. Fallout can be our friend. <laughs> See Monster Vision host Joe Bob Briggs next on TNT. You know that big new Godzilla movie that came out this week? Don't even mess with that. They spent a hundred million dollars making that movie, but we have two Godzilla movies tonight that are just as good, and both of them together cost about a hundred dollars. Other than that, no difference. In fact, we've got the original Godzilla movie from 1956, followed by the classic battle of the scaly Japanese behemoths, Godzilla versus Mothra. I'm Joe Bob Briggs, as usual, and you know how I'm always on the verge of getting fired from this job? Uh -huh. Well, I was watching ESPN today. I was wondering what I might do if I needed something to fall back on, right? So I was thinking I might go out for this new sport called triathlon. You know how this works? All right, first you swim 37 miles through icy, shark-infested waters in nine-foot waves wearing one of those mono-butoc wetsuits. Normally seen only in James Bond movies, you know the kind. This is just the warm-up. After you've rounded the buoy, as they say, and landed back on shore, you take off running and jump on one of those 20-speed Italian bicycles with the wheels that look like dental floss, and then you pedal for 274 miles through quaint villages in the Swiss Alps, and all the time you're doing this, you chug that Evian Yupster water out of a special Evian Yupster water holder plastic device attached to your bike there, and then after you've cycled across the slopes of the Jungfrau or some damn thing, you jump off the bike and you do a little 59-mile sprint to the finish line and the first one to get out of surgery wins who started this where is this guy isn't it time to scissor off this guy's hamstrings or something before he carries some automatic weapons up into the empire state building starts hyperventilating i'm not kidding all the guys that do this sport they look like bruce dern you know they got 70 year old men doing this sport you know what a 70 year old bruce dern looks like this is so far beyond jockdom we need a special word for this this is not aerobics it's not cybernetics it's not dianetics it's like psycho sports sports for deranged psychos it's the same principle as those guys who lift weights for so long that they look like they have muscles on the outside of their skin you know the ones that always look like somebody just painted some linguine with tomato sauce on their stomach you see these guys and you think what if this is the day he does one too many bench presses and that whole thing just pops open like a water balloon so anyway these psycho sports triple reverse triathlon guys are the same way they got those giant veins in their necks from pumping their arms you know and bugging out their eyes while they're wearing super cool california goggle shades right when they fall down on the ground at the end of the race they grab their sides like maybe they're having three thousand appendicitis attacks at once and they're happy you know they're looking at one another like mine hurts worse than yours man and then, well my feet are bloodier than yours man and they say so what i popped my shoulder out of its socket three times i lost all feeling in both thighs and then after they've compared notes like this for a while, they say, isn't this fun? I'm not really that serious about it. You know, I just do it to keep in shape. <laughs> and then we go, oh, yeah, man, too. I, I, that's what I do, too. Love your purple leotard. You know, isn't there some way to just execute these people? Line them up, kill them? 
At least don't show them on cable. It just encourages them, you know? All right, let's head for the big greenie, all right? You know what's coming? Raymond Burr and a 12-story lizard with bad breath and 3,000 Japanese extras. Still worth watching after all these years. I'll do the drive-in totals at the first break. Roll it. And while you're watching that, I'll be deadlifting a Winnebago and calling Nike, asking them if they want to buy advertising space on my full-body cast. Hey, Joe Bob Briggs here, and look at all these emails that just poured in today. Let's just read one. Hey, cowboy, did your mother smoke crack when she was pregnant with you? Well, we just love to hear from all our wonderful Monster Vision fans, and there are two ways you can do that. You can write to me in care of Monster Vision at 1010 Techwood Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30318, or you can email me at monstervision at turner.com. And you can also visit the Monster Vision website at tnt.turner.com slash monstervision and make my life a living hell directly from there. Let's try another one. Dear Joe Bob, you su... Hey. A lot of mail came in today. Catch Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs and Reno the Mail Girl every Saturday night on TNT. This TNT presentation is brought to you by Propecia. Talk to your doctor today. Back to Monster Vision host Joe Bob Briggs and Godzilla King of Monsters on TNT. Well, are you starting to remember just how bad it is? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Godzilla, but you gotta laugh when they do those Raymond Burr insert shots, you know. Just stick a palm tree next to him and have him watch the rare tribal native ceremony. And then, then they cut back to him and he says, they believe their Godzilla is responsible for all those ship disasters? <laughs> anyway, Godzilla was the first of all the great Japanese monster movies and it came out in 1954 under the title Gojira. And it was very popular in Japan and then it got discovered by accident in the U.S. Two producers in L.A., Richard Kay and Harold Ross, bought a bunch of special effects footage from Japan to use for their own projects. And some of that footage included Godzilla. So they got the idea of changing it into an American movie. So they hired an American director, Terry Morse. He wrote some additional dialogue. They dubbed all the Japanese actors into English. They took 20 minutes out of the original Japanese version. Then they hired Raymond Burr so they'd have a narrator to help them edit it all together. And uh, did you notice that clever segue they did? Mr. Burr, we noticed that your plane was flying over the ocean when the first ship disappeared. Did you notice anything from the plane? <laughs> Isn't that what they said? <laughs> they said, you were flying over it. You must have seen something. <laughs> so, so anyway, they spent a total of $100,000 on this. And then Joe Levine, the great promoter, bought half of the movie. And within a year, it had grossed $2 million bucks, which is not that much today, but it's a 2,000% return on their investment. And notice that in the great tradition of all monster movies, you don't see the actual Godzilla monster until pretty late in the story. But I think he might be coming up now, so let's watch. And when he comes up, he comes up snorting, doesn't he? Godzilla was the first movie monster with halitosis. You know, we have hardcore depraved cyber geeks who never miss a single week in the Monster Vision chat room. 
God. Some of them hadn't changed clothes or showered in three, four days, and they get in this kind of computer keyboard psycho freakazoid zone, and they want to discuss Antonioni with me. <laughs> Check this out at tnt.turner.com slash monstervision. But whatever you do, don't mention the early work of Francois Truffaut when he was a critic for Cahiers de Cinema. That drives them crazy. <laughs> Come meet all the MonsterVision fans in our chat room at tnt.turner.com forward slash MonsterVision. Back to MonsterVision host Joe Bob Briggs and Godzilla King of Monsters on TNT. A Jurassic beast resurrected by the hydrogen bomb. Although I think there's a little lost in the translation here because why is everybody at the paleontology lecture so upset? I can't figure it out. Anyway, this was obviously a sensitive topic in Japan in the 50s. Some unexplained force strikes, killing hundreds, wrecking the environment, burning people alive, followed by officials roaming the countryside with Geiger counters trying to find the radioactive areas. It's a little surprising that this movie was so popular in the United States, which had just dropped the bomb on Japan 10 years before because Godzilla are us, right? Back to Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I don't know about you, but I'm just totally hooked by that great love affair between Emiko and naval salvage officer Hideto Agata. All we need is Celine Dion singing about it, right? No, we don't need Celine Dion singing about anything. Hi, I'm Reno, the Monster Vision mail girl. And in case you don't know, Monster Vision is also on the internet. And it's updated every week. To find us, go to tnt.turner.com slash MonsterVision, and you'll see our horrible lead stories of the week. In fact, you might even find out something about me. Pleasant dreams. See Reno deliver the MonsterVision fan mail to Joe Bob Briggs every Saturday night on TNT. Back to MonsterVision host Joe Bob Briggs and Godzilla King of Monsters on TNT. Okay, Godzilla's finally in Tokyo Harbor, where he belongs, ready to do the monster mash. As Perry Mason looks on in astonishment. <laughs> he never looks astonished, does he? he? He has the one expression for the whole movie, like, very interesting, Your Honor, may I cross-examine? <laughs> anyway, this might be a good time to read a little viewer mail in the segment we call... Joe Bob's advice to the hopeless, and here comes our letter now, hoisted into view by the lovely TNT mail girl. Don't even start. I'm not in a good mood. Don't even start what? Whatever cute thing you're going to say, just just go ahead, just skip it. Got up on the wrong side of the boudoir today? See, just like that. Just like that, I knew you were going to say something like that. You know, I haven't had anything to eat. My car broke down. Something about a, a cracked block. I don't know. My best friend says I never return any of her phone calls. My mother, <laughs> she sent me casserole. <laughs> she says I should eat more. From Michigan? I ordered the swimsuit out of a catalog, and it has a split in the back. Oh, my cat won't use the litter box, but I mean, what else is there? Oh, and I lost the letter, and I can't even find that. And so, anyhow, I just find this, and so I just think you should just go ahead and read this, and, and, and just don't give me any back talk. <laughs> yes, ma'am. No, I said, don't you say anything. I, no, ma'am. Good. Whose show is this, anyway? Ooh. Forgive me. I'm, 
I'm sorry. I know this is your show. You know, we got to get one of those policies that has psychiatric disability on it. Is she going to be okay? Because I, oh, I, I, let me, let me do it. Joe Bob. So, you want to know how to pick up easy women? I like this one. Well, all you need to do is come to Loyola College in Maryland. We have plenty. <laughs> the guys at Loyola College. How about hosting Monster Vision from our campus? Tim Miller and the guys, Baltimore, Maryland. Tim. Tim, 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 Tim. Are you telling me that you have so little respect for the young women enrolled at Loyola that you would suggest that they are desperate or easy or to use the vernacular, hot to trot? Do you really feel this level of contempt for the legitimate needs of college-age girls? I-95, right? It's right off the freeway there. Loyola, though, doesn't that mean Catholic? Priests and nuns, right? I would never go to a religious school just to have sex. But, uh, anyway. Okay, back to Godzilla, and, uh, we're gonna watch some... Oh, you're back. Yeah. I just want to apologize. That's okay. Are you all right? Yeah, I, I was just... I was venting, and I took it out on you. I'm sorry. That's okay. You can vent on me, sweetheart. That's fine. Well... Forgive me? Yeah, why don't you give me a big hug and a kiss? <laughs> Let's not go that far. Coming up, get ready for a slugfest of epic proportions when Godzilla takes on a giant moth. Hang with Joe Bob Briggs when he hosts Godzilla vs. Mothra next. And tomorrow night at 7, lock and load with Gregory Peck in the Guns of Neverone.